the, the gene key is like, why are they called this? So it's because the whole idea is that you, through the language of this system, you can unlock higher frequencies or your authenticity or your higher self or your higher purpose, whatever you want to see it as through, um, using the language of the system, basically you're unlocking going from lower frequency energy frequencies, right? That shadow, that fear-based state, that victim oriented, oriented state to this higher frequency just through insight and embodiment of these, um, higher states of being. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Reif, and this podcast covers lifestyle, travel, mindset, manifestation, spirituality, and entrepreneurship. We really go all over the place. And if you've been listening to my recent episodes, I'm just really loving opening up the conversation around all these different topics and also looking at them through a critical lens. So today I sit down with Chrissy Papetti, who is a self-mastery guide focusing on the gene keys. I heard about the gene keys, I want to say over a year ago, but I had no fucking clue what they meant. I was like, what are the gene keys? And once she explained them to me and walked me through it, I was like, oh, this makes sense. It's actually like an offshoot from human design. And it's really just another self-discovery and self-mastery tool. So similar to astrology and human design and all these other things we have, I don't look at them as 100% truth. I need to follow this down to a science. It's more so experimental. And I feel like these types of tools or systems just offer you some either self-validation or it illuminates parts of yourself that maybe were hidden, or it allows you to understand why you think the way you think or why you operate the way you do. So when I learned about the gene keys, I was overwhelmed at first. And then I just started reading my profile. I was like, this makes sense. Like, it's just really helpful. So you can find your own Gene Keys chart on the website, which I'll plug in the show notes. And then during this episode, Chrissy and I actually pull up my chart to walk through it more specifically. And I think it's helpful to hear it from that lens because then you can understand when you're looking at your chart, you can be like, oh yeah, that's the sphere and that's the circle and that's the profile. Because once again, if you're new to a system, some of these things are a bit overwhelming. I know when I pulled up my chart, I was like, what does this mean? That that's why people like Chrissy exist so that she can actually walk us through it. Chrissy is a self-mastery guide. And after a life-altering injury, which sparked nearly a decade-long battle with a shattered identity, chronic pain, and a lost sense of purpose, she reclaimed control of her fate and transformed from the inside out by rising from her shadows and claiming her genius through the Gene Keys. So now she offers Gene Key sessions called Genius Sessions. She also has different coaching and programs, which you can see all on her website, which I'll obviously link in the show notes. And it was so helpful to have her on the call and walk me through my chart because like I said, if I would have just tried to figure this out myself, it wouldn't make sense. But luckily people like Chrissy who understands the system and the language can really illuminate this information to us. And I'm curious to hear if you do know about your gene keys, what it's helped you understand and really any other self-discovery tool or self-mastery tool that you implement or integrate into your life, I would love to hear about it. I'm just fascinated with all this stuff. And like I said, I treat it all as an experiment and just information that's nice to have. And yeah, the gene keys and talking about them made me realize like, what else is out there? 
what else can I look into and learn about and apply to my life? And I know so many of my listeners have amazing resources and programs and systems and all these things that they use. So I would love to hear from you. Just DM me at Chelsea Rife and I'm, I'm open to this conversation to just see what you think about this as well. So before we dive into this episode, just a few updates that the Summer Reboot, which is my three-day audio course, is out, which you can grab in the show notes. I kept it very simple, 10 minutes or less a day, including action items and journal prompts. And again, that was very intentional. I wanted to walk you all through baby steps and very easy, practical ways to shift your energy. So you're going to be celebrating, you're going to be reflecting, you're going to be reevaluating, and then you're obviously going to be integrating and putting everything into motion. So you can grab a copy of that in the show notes. It's just $55 and you have access to it forever. And I promise you the things in here can be used beyond the summer months. I use these tools year round, so you can always come back to it and reflect on it when you need it. And regarding coaching, my podcast coaching is open for private coaching and mic drop enrollment is opening very soon. So I will keep you all updated on that. We're going to kick off the course in September. So I will open registration very soon. So just keep your eyes peeled for that. Follow me on Instagram at Chelsea Rife or at non-expert opinion pods. You can stay up to date, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be a group course all about launching your own podcast, refining what you have, and it's going to walk you not only through the back-end tech stuff, but also storytelling, interviewing, pitching guests. It's going to be fully comprehensive and just so much fun with a bunch of other people that are going to launch their own podcast, which I'm so fucking excited about. So again, just be sure to follow me on Instagram or join my email list on my website at chelsearife.com and you will get all this info and updates when they come out. All right, without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode with Chrissy Papetti. So if you've been following me for the last few months, you know, I have been diving deep into spiritual tools, wellness, healing, and I have been getting in a vortex of human design, gene keys, the Akashic records. And I am fortunate enough today to sit down with Chrissy Papetti, who is a self-mastery coach and gene keys guide. Welcome to the show, Chrissy. Thank you so much, Chelsea. I'm so excited to talk to you and, and to be here. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited. Gene keys were something that I first heard about last year where someone, we were actually talking about how many tools and modalities and guides that there are. And they're like, Oh, have you heard of gene keys? And I was like, what is that? And then I never really heard it again until our conversation. You actually did a reading for me a few weeks ago and it was so fascinating. So what are the gene keys? I know this is a a loaded answer, but like what what is it? What does it do? What, why is it helpful? Mm, such a great question. And I can't say enough about them. The gene keys put very simply is similar to human design, astrology, in the sense that it is a self-discovery system that is informed by both spiritual and scientific elements. And really it's a system to do just that, to help you discover and awaken a truer side of you, uh, but through the lens of using the system's language. Um, and so we can get into the nitty gritty of that, but it really is a way of shifting your energetic frequency to go from more of a fear-based shadow, low level frequency, which a lot of us can naturally get caught in just by being human beings and living the human experience and working through and overcoming those barriers and blocks to step into these higher, more elevated frequencies of trust and authenticity that naturally are going to come with better outcomes 
and results in life that we're looking for. This is going to be definitely fascinating. We have actually, like I said, done a reading. And so at some point we'll pull up my chart to be able to reference, but I'm also just curious how you even got into this. Like what led Chrissy into Gene Keys self-mastery? Like what was the thing that unlocked this world for you? Yeah. So, wow. I, what it really was, was the fact that I just grew up my whole life being, I mean, to really simplify it, being a dancer. And that's really important because as we know, and I'm sure your audience is very in tune with like identity is so important, right? Especially as we're growing up in those earlier years and forming that sense of self. And so that was who I was. Everything about me was being a dancer. And so when I went to college, it only seemed right to continue dancing. So when I hit college, I was majoring in dance with a BFA. I was on the dance team of my university and it was pretty much what I was doing 24 seven. And I say this because halfway through my college career, I um, unexpectedly got an injury. And, And I say unexpectedly, it wasn't so unexpected if I was aware at the time. But for me at the time, it was just like unthinkable that I was all of a sudden at like down for the count for dance. So I basically from that moment, it wasn't a clear injury. So it was like, I could continue to dance, but it wasn't good for me. But when you're in sort of that situation of sort of choosing the life that you are familiar with and that feels safe and that has every, your whole life connected to it or choosing to take care of your body and your health at that, you know, 20 year old age, I went with the push through, push through it and kill my body. So for the next two years of my college career, I just pushed through it, danced on it really intensely, um, was in so much pain. And as a coping mechanism, my mental and emotional and physical health just fell apart. I was overcompensating for when I did have to sit out by like doing other exercise. I was really concerned about what I was eating then at that point, because, you know, the dancer image is one way. And so I just started to like become a shell of myself and like really have this sort of like, who the heck am I, if I'm not dancing existential moment. Mm. And so as I was like experiencing that, I like survived and held through until I graduated. And then upon graduation, I was like, great, I'm going to get this handled. I'm going to figure out what's really going on because no doctors could give me answers. And finally, I got it properly diagnosed. And so basically, I tore the labrum in my hip socket, which is really like a gnarly injury. (laughs) Um, And so it was great, though, to get like an answer and be like, great, there's a solution for this. It's surgery. I'll do it. Let's go. So I got surgery. Everything went smoothly. They said it could take about up to a year to heal. So about at the year mark, I went in for my checkup. The pain was still there, but they were like, this is, I mean, you had a pretty bad situation. So this is about normal. But then it was two years later and then three years later and then four years later. And my pain wasn't going away. In fact, it was morphing into back pain and it was becoming this whole situation of just chronic pain at like 23, 24, 25 years old. And um, I just was distraught and beside myself. I mean, for all, all those years after college, I went and got my master's in occupational therapy. So I'm going through a master's trying to heal my body, trying to figure out who I am, because just for me personally, that sense of self is so, was so important. I think it is to everyone, but, um, it was for me especially too. And so, uh, basically I was at this cross, I hit this crossroads. It was years later. It was like, six years later. And I was like, I'm in my mid twenties. 
I am miserable because I'm focusing on and trying to heal my chronic pain 24 seven. Nobody has answers for me. I went through the whole medical system, did cortisone injections, arcane injections, acupuncture, acupressure, three different kinds of physical therapy, uh, chiropractic work, like you name it, I did it and it didn't help my pain. I was talking to my mom and just like crying and was like, I can't live like this anymore. I'm like over it. And she was like, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but what if this is all in your head? And I was like, are you going to really try to tell me that my pain is all in my head? And she was like, no, no, no. I just mean, you know, aren't there things sometimes where like your, your mind can be like making up the pain, but it's not really there. And I was like, yeah, yeah. But like, that's not what's going on. I'm telling you, this is real. This is real. But she was like, I don't know, just maybe like go talk to a therapist. And I was like, you know what, of all the things that I've done, I haven't actually tried working on my mental or emotional health. It's only been focused so much on my physical health. So I was like reluctantly like, okay, I guess I'll do that. And when I went and um, finally saw someone and started to basically revolutionize my perspective on my mental health, my emotional health, my beliefs, my thoughts, my um, feelings. I mean, a whole new world was unlocked where I just didn't realize how much of that was dictating my reality, not let alone even my pain, but just like how powerful your perception and your beliefs are on how you experience your life. You know what I mean? Mm. So basically I say all of this because I, this sort of just unlocked a whole paradigm shift from looking outward for answers and being so black and white in my thinking to looking inward for answers and solutions and realizing how much power and authority I had in the given situation. And so I was like, I may not be able to change my physical pain, but I can change how I live my life. I don't have to be, basically I was living according to this belief. I cannot live until my pain is healed. So I, that's what my reality was becoming, right? I was not living until my pain healed. And so I started to really heal and overcome and rewrite that story. And in the process, it just became a snowball effect of all of a sudden I was looking at my career and it wasn't seeming aligned. So I was pivoting there all of a sudden, just by nature, my pain started to lessen and lessen, which felt really great. And all of a sudden a year later, I started my own business. I um, was moving forward in my life in some other areas. I also healed my chronic pain entirely. And so that whole year that I'm referring to was when I just picked up so much information. I was already in occupational therapy, so I already really cared about the mind, the body, health, well-being. But I just like took and ran that year with like everything related to personal development, mindset, the body, healing. And in that discovered the gene keys, which is how I sort of landed in this world of self-mastery. Wow. That is such a journey. And I'm just thinking of like all the pain that you went through for, it sounds like quite a long time that it really is like, I'm almost just curious. Did you ever lose hope? Were you just like, this is how it's going to be? Like, I'm probably just going to be in a lot of pain for the rest of my life. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, yeah, there were all throughout those many years. I mean, 
in my young to mid twenties, I, part of me didn't want to accept, like part of me was like, there has to be a solution out there for a young person with chronic pain. Like, give me a break. Like I did just did not believe that there couldn't be. But then as time went on and I would go into New York city to visit my friends and would to have to sit down crying on a bench after walking two blocks and going on vacation with my family and my dad and my brother having to take two, both my arms and like lift me up a hill because I couldn't do it. Like it was just, it was brutal. Like I, I literally was like, I, I don't see where there's a light at the end of the tunnel, which is why it seems so silly that I resigned to going to therapy because I had nothing against therapy. I just didn't put two and two together. I did not put together that my emotional and mental state at that time could be influencing my physical pain, which is what I was so obsessed with because my identity was wrapped up in being a very physically active person. Like maybe mm. somebody else who didn't have that sense of connection or identity to that. And definitely in a maladaptive way, right? Because dancer, dancers, athletes don't always have the healthiest relationships with their bodies. So it wasn't really healthy, but it was part of my identity, which is why it took such a toll. Wow. Yeah. The identity piece is so big. It's like, especially when we grow up in a, in a culture where it's like you, from the day you're like three years old, it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then mm -hmm. you go to college and then you like really set out on this identity and hold on to it. And it can totally transform your life, good or bad, when you have to detach from that identity. And so I'm curious, like you, you mentioned, you stumbled upon this whole world of like mind, body, spirit connection and gene keys. Like, what was it specifically about the gene keys that clicked for you versus other modalities or tools? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what I'll say is that my journey, like my journey into that awakening, I would say it was more of like practical education that led to more of a spiritual education because I, I really hadn't been very spiritual up until that point per se. I mean, when you go through something like this, and there are many different variations of that, but when you go through something like chronic pain that won't go away and you start looking at your life entirely differently, you start to really ask those bigger questions, right? Like, what is the meaning of this? Why am I going through this? Because you can easily just say, why is this happening to me? Poor me, right? Be in that victim mode. And Hey, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I lived in that space <laughs> for some time, but then you move beyond that, especially when you start to see glimmers of hope when I was started to heal a little bit. And I was like, there must be a reason, right? And that's what humans do. We try to make meaning out of life. And that's what sort of led me down more of a spiritual path. And really I have to give credit to the fact that my first introduction to, I guess, spiritual exploration was really human design. And I, I honestly always see human design in the gene keys as being like sister systems, like very, um, not so much similar, but they go hand in hand really well because the founder of the gene keys, Richard Rudd, uh, came out of the human design world. He was very deeply entrenched in the human design world, studied with the founder, and then branched off and had his own like download and creation of the gene key system. And so anyways, human design just naturally led me into going deeper, deeper, deeper to ultimately find, oh, what is this gene keys thing? And when I discovered it, it's such a deep and rich and somewhat like complex system to just study in its entirety. But it was like reading a text that I had known before, if that makes sense. Mm. I read it and it just made sense to me. I was like, 
oh, this connects so many other dots. And I have to also really give credit to while I was discovering human design too, there was like a parallel discovery happening that really opened me up spiritually, which was with Lacey Phillips and her world of to be magnetic um, and her manifestation work that I loved it because it was so grounded in science that basically she helped me bridge the science spiritual connection while then diving deeper into human design and gene key. So it was like this whole kind of swirl of those three things happening um, in sequential order like that. Oh, I love that, that you had multiple teachers, because I think that's something that I know personally, I get caught up in thinking like, oh, I can only do it one way or learn from one person. And there's so many truths and perspectives in the world. It's like, no, you can go to this person for one thing. You can go to this person for another. They could actually be teaching the same thing, but it's also the way they teach it that resonates with you specifically. And so I appreciate those very specific examples because clearly they resonated with you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I agree. You said you were reading about the gene keys and it felt like a you just made sense. And I've heard this a lot before when people discover something. And you also mentioned that you actually weren't that spiritual before. So I'm curious when you found out about it, were you like, okay, this is like my life's work. This is what I'm going to share. Or did you keep it quiet? Like what was the whole experience of now really integrating it into your life? Mm, that's a really good question. So when I first discovered it and started to explore it, it was like, I, I always know when something is for me because I get this like very physical reaction. It's like, I don't want to reduce it to this, but it's almost like the hair standing up, you know, on your arms, kind of like stomach mm, <laughs> I <yeah>. guess, burning <laughs> feeling where it's just kind of like, I get so excited. I'm like, Oh, Ooh, like there's something here. But what I thought was like really powerful with the jinkies is that as I continued on that excitement and that interest in fate, it only turned into more of like an inner calm and stability and like trust with the system. So I was just kind of like, this is really cool. Um, but yeah, I kept it to myself in the sense that I shared it with, you know, with friends, with, um, people who I connected with in the business world at that point but I, I wasn't sure what to do with it just yet because I, yes, I had this notion that, oh, this is absolutely going to become a part of what I was doing at the time, which was very life and mindset coaching. Uh, and I just didn't know how it was going to fit. Although I saw the way that it fit with everything I was like teaching and coaching with up until that point. So I gave it some time to like really marinate for me to embody and live it because that's another huge like integrity belief of mine that I don't want to, you know, bring something to somebody that I haven't yet seen results with myself or I haven't experienced fully myself. So I just spent a couple of years, like really sitting in it, sharing about it here and there, maybe like teasing and talking about it, but it took a couple of years before I was like, Oh yeah, I mean, this is, this is revolutionized the way that I look at my personal growth and development. And I couldn't imagine like not sharing this with other people, especially because it's a system that I think really benefits from being simplified for people. Because when at first glance, it's like, what do I do with this? And that's usually when I get yeah. have sessions with people, they're like, what do I make of this? Like, like, what's going on? And so having that sort of expertise to cut through that and make it really simplified, really actionable for people was like a need that I saw. And so I was like, let's do this. I'm, I, I feel like a really big calling to fulfilling that. I love that you mentioned that you like to embody it and integrate it into your own life before sharing with other people, because that is a huge deal, right? Like if, if you don't know what it actually does and you're living through it, it can be hard to explain 
And so it, it's just fascinating too, that it ended up playing such a big role in your life that now it's almost, it sounds like the foundation or a very core piece of your work. Yes, exactly. It's, it's really like, I, I think of it as the core because there are so many other things like nervous system regulation and somatic mastery and, you know, mindset mastery and identity work, all that stuff is so in shadow work, all that is so like interconnected, but I love that the gene keys informs and works with all of those systems or modalities or processes for personal development that a lot of people are already so aware of, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it is something that does seem pretty complex to me. And I'm just curious, like (laughs) how long did it take you before you were like, okay, I got this. I'm going to now teach it because, and even now I'm like, I'm just looking at my chart. I'm like, this seems like a foreign (laughs) language. (laughs) I know. I know. I completely understand. And that's like, if you, if anyone listening has also looked into human design, it's kind of like when you get your chart for the first time, you're like, what the actual heck am I looking at right now? And so Gene Keys is similar, just different, but I I have to admit, like there are parts of it that I feel like I've deeply embodied that make really huge sense with what, like how I go through or approach my personal development and, and that in which I help my clients with, there are levels and layers to Gene Keys that I'm absolutely continuing to like deepen and explore and that I, you know, haven't necessarily gone to the depths with. And that's And again, like I said, that's sort of where I like, I have my boundaries around what I help other people with while I'm still doing my own work with this system, because it really is, you can tell just a lifelong exploration. And I think sometimes in this world that we live in, and I'm so guilty of this, is that when we get excited about something or something makes sense to us, or we're really curious about leveraging a tool, we like want to like rush the process, right? We're like, how do yes. we, like, what do I need to know? How do I make this work? How do I understand this right now? And I get it. I understand why. And especially me, I was like, heal me, please. Like, let's go. And it really needs to be like honored as a process that can have quantum leaps, right? It can, there can be these quantum leaps forward or up, but it's a journey. It really is like a journey that will take course over the course of your life. Um, and it can be these like really big changes, but it can also be these really small incremental ones that make the biggest difference in the end when you approach this system. So I think that it's intimidating, but if it interests you or it seems to make sense and resonate with you, the patience in the process is so worth it. I love this. You're like speaking my language of baby steps because I always <laughs> teach my clients to work in baby steps and understand that those baby steps are what turn into the quantum leaps. Because mm-hmm. to your point, I, this is, I'm going through this right now. I'm learning all about my human design and I'm already like ready to get a certification. And I hired someone to like help me understand it and embody it. And I'm like, okay, now what are my gates, my incarnation cross? And she's like, let's slow down. Like, I don't think you would even understand what those mean. And if, even if you did, what would be the point of like rushing it? Like, it's not going to be an overnight thing. And it's a question I have often with myself of like, okay, if I do, let's say crack the code of my, you know, whatever human design ultimate result, or like, I really live out everything I'm supposed to. It's like, okay. And then what, like, that's the point of life is like to actually live it and understand how to navigate it through these tools, but not just like crack the code and be done with it because that's how I started to feel. And I'm curious if you felt like that too. Yes. 
Absolutely. Especially when you're in any kind of position of, and I don't know if you, you can resonate with this with your example, but um, when you're in a situation of suffering of some kind, right? Like whether it's, and suffering can be taken, that's a pretty intense word, but meaning like you feel blocked from moving forward towards your goal or like you envision yourself being further along, um, you know, on your path to achievement, or it can just be like you have a suffering where it's like you have pain or you are feeling emotionally burnt out or like, you know, every human being has some, something going on that we want to resolve. And I think when we are fixated and focused on that, we look to these things for sort of answers and alleviating or helping with something like that. Yeah. There's this sense of, and I feel it, I've felt it so much where it's like, this, uh, not frenetic, but this kind of just like, Oh, anxious kind of, um, anticipatory energy of just wanting to move through it. Uh, but I, that is the other thing that the gene keys more than anything else has taught me definitely Lacey's work too, but especially the gene keys is that like, you will not like necessarily reap the full benefits of the system. If you are just trying to like surface level learn, or just like move through the information, quickly because it's just not that kind of process, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. And again, it's truly a question I explore with my therapist a lot is like, okay, and then what? Like mm-hmm. you're going to get through the whole process and then what? Like there's no gold medal or reward or anything. And I think just as a society, we're trained to be competitive, get to the top, figure it out first when it's like, that's not what these tools and self-mastery guides are about. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. I'm curious if we can get a bit into the gene keys, like going through more specifics, because I know when I heard of them, I was like, okay, like, what are they? What do they do? And I know we've talked about how they are like a sister or a cousin to human design. And like I said, we did a reading a few weeks ago. So I have my profile pulled up and it looks like you highlighted four different sections called my life's work, my evolution, my radiance, and my purpose. And so I guess my first question is, let's say someone wanted to learn about their own gene keys. Like what's the very first thing they do and what should they be looking for? Uh, Such a good question. So the gene keys, when you're starting out with it, the very first thing, yeah, you, you can pull up your free profile just like you can with human design or astrology online. If you go to genekeys.com slash free dash profile, or just go to genekeys.com, you'll find the tab. And when you pull up your profile, what's cool is that Richard Rudd has laid it out to really uh, kind of give you like a high level snapshot on the first page of your three main pathways in your profile, which I'll talk about in a second. And then he breaks down the four main gene keys that are in your chart and kind of gives you a little bit of a blurb on each one of those and sort of what it means about you or what it means for you. So you kind of get like a little mini reading just through downloading your profile. And then on the last page, you'll see this, what's called your hologenetic profile. And this is that, um, map with the different spheres and the different numbers within them and the names and the words. And there's a lot to look at, but basically you'll see these three different colors, which represent the three different pathways that I was referring to. And it's like, there's basically a whole way to go on a journey through these different spheres and what they mean about you and your life in your profile. So that's just kind of orienting you to the download. But really, I think Chelsea would be helpful to just even break down a little bit about like the background of gene keys. I think even just to understand like why this makes sense. (laughs) Absolutely. Let's do it as much context as possible. Okay, cool. So the gene keys, um, 
is really, like I said, a, a system of self-awakening and it's informed by both, like I said, scientific and spiritual elements. So the Chinese I Ching is a huge influence and really the foundational element of why uh, your birth information matters and in pulling up your chart because the Chinese I Ching is this really ancient text that existed, you know, over 5,000 years ago. And it basically has been called the, like the book of life and the wheel of life. And so it it gives you information about different patterns that show up in human beings um, over the course of a lifetime. And so depending on you, you, you can track the, that whole system, the 64 different parts of the Chinese I Ching over the course of a, a calendar year, so somewhat like astrology. And so basically your birth information kind of gives some insight into of the 64 gene keys that correlate with the, um, you know, 64 different elements of the Chinese I Ching, which ones are highlighted upon when you were born based on the planetary alignments. And that gives you which of the 64 keys are in your profile. And I'll talk about the keys in a second, but does that make sense so far? <laughs> yes. And that's what I was wondering, like, why is it called keys? But it sounds like you're about to get to that. Yes, exactly. So the gene key is like, why are they called this? So it's because the whole idea is that you through the language of this system, you can unlock higher frequencies or your authenticity or your higher self or your higher purpose, whatever you want to see it as through, um, using the language of the system, basically you're unlocking going from lower frequency energy frequencies, right? That shadow, that fear-based state, that victim oriented state to this higher frequency just through insight and embodiment of these, um, higher states of being. So if you look at, if you're, if you have your information pulled up, or if you're just tuning in every single one of these 64 gene keys, so gene key one, gene key two has three different energetic frequencies that it can be expressed in, right? So it has this lowest frequency, which is the shadow frequency. And like I've been saying, that's whenever we're really leaning into a state of fear, uh, victim, hood, that like kind of lower state of uh, being. And then there are two higher frequencies. The one in the middle is called the gift frequency. And this is where basically the idea behind Gene Keys is that every single shadow that we experience, that we have, that we embody, it has a gift hidden within it, right? It's that concept that our suffering uh, holds the seeds of our transcendence, right? Usually through suffering, we can find meaning through, we have to move through the difficult things or really look at our, our state with full awareness in order to transcend it. So the gift is this higher state of being that's more trust-based, that's more um, authentic, like a more authentic expression of you that comes through moving through that shadow. And then once you get into that gift state, you can transcend even higher to what is called the city state, S-I-D-D-H-I. And that is, you can think of like the highest expression and essence of yourself, very detached from fear, very detached from the, the, I almost want to say the, um, I don't know, the minutiae, the triviality of like human, the human experience sometimes, like it's really that transcended, like aspirational state, um, that we can absolutely tap into, but, is, is really a place that we're, we're seeking to evolve to, um, over the course of our life's journey. So basically there are these different, these 64 different keys. Each one has a different level that we can live into. And the whole idea is to learn which shadows are in your profile or which shadows are in the system that really resonate with your life experiences. And, uh, 
following the path to the gift and to the city through your own contemplation, understanding, um, exploration of what that means in your life. So there, there's more I want to say, but is there anything off of that that I can clarify, Chelsea? No, I think if you keep riffing, it will like start to click with some people too. But I think what's helpful, like you okay. said, there's the shadow, the gift and the city and the shadow is like your challenge. The gift is your creativity and the city is your essence. Exactly. And going back to why they're called the gene keys is because a huge uh, influence, I would say, or um, foundational core element of, of this system is the work of epigenetics, right? We now know through modern breakthroughs in science that our thoughts, beliefs, emotional state, nutrition, um, all of these inner workings of our body play a role in how our DNA is expressed, right? So it's not just, hey, here's your DNA at birth. If it's, you know, if what was passed down to you from your family is leading you toward having a life of poorer health, like that is what it is. If it's toward leading to higher health, that is what it is. We, that's not the case anymore, right? We're given our DNA and its state from our you know generations passed down, but based on the environment, the inner environment we hold, so our attitude, our perceptions, our emotional state, our thoughts, beliefs, we can influence the expression of our genes. So we can upregulate them to be health promoting, or we can downregulate them to be health diminishing. Does that make sense? Yes. And I'm actually really, really glad you're bringing this up because part of the, the questions I ask when I have anybody spiritual on that's talking about human design or gene keys or anything is like, as humans, we have a tendency to think like, if I can't see it and I can't hear it or taste it or touch it, whatever, it's not real, right? Like our ego is just like, I know there's someone listening now being like, is this real? Like, what does this actually do? You know, like who, who is this guy that just made this up? So when you start to bring that element of epigenetics and talking about the nervous system and all these things, like this makes a lot of sense. Yes. Oh, that's such a good way of saying it. And that's exactly the point. It's like, let's make this re really real for a second, which is the fact that yes, like we, we have, we have so much power. We don't have like it, like, it's not like, oh my gosh, a hundred percent, right. There are outer environment influences, of course, all these different things, but we have so much control and power over the state of our inner well-being and our DNA expression. So taking this idea to heart, we basically can unlock, right? The highest expressions and possibilities of our nature, of our DNA, of who we are by shifting our attitude, our perception, our thoughts, beliefs on ourselves. And to do this, the Gene Keys provides a language. So it names these shadow states that we live in. It names these higher expressions to live in. It gives it a name. So an example is like the shadow of, of um, half-heartedness and the gift of commitment. That is just an example of like, it names your shadow that you might be living into that's down-regulating your DNA. So half-heartedness is driven by fear. It's stripping you of presence in the moment. It's stripping you of actually being committed enough to follow through and have reap the benefits of being committed. That's just a quick, quick, quick example, but understanding and have and naming the pattern that's showing up in your life then gives you the leverage to change your perception, right? So like to simplify this down, language shapes what we see, right? Mm -hmm. We name things 
in order to shape what we see. If I'm feeling off and I'm feeling, let's just put a broad umbrella on it and say depressed, that's a blanket term that doesn't necessarily empower me to do anything with that, right? It's just, it's just kind of, oh, I'm not feeling great. I'm feeling downregulated. I'm not feeling good. I'm not feeling inspired or motivated. But what's like really going on, right? Like how do I lever, like take advantage of like, better understanding or having awareness of why I'm feeling this way. What's influencing it? Why is my inner chemistry off? If we can name something, it gives us tremendous power because it shapes the way that we look at stuff, right? So these shadow words help us see the patterns playing out in our lives that are causing the dissatisfaction, the pain, the frustration, the blocks that you're experiencing. And just by being able to name them, then when you're moving through life, you can point out and not just say, oh, I'm depressed. You're like, Ooh, I see how my impatience is directly influencing my dissatisfaction in this moment. This is, this is the shadow of impatience. Oh, why am I impatient? Well, now that gives me fuel to go back and look at my patterns of growing up and how my mom always modeled like impulsive actions and and not thinking through things and just wanting like that immediate gratification. And so I now am looking for immediate gratification and not giving myself, you know, the patience that I need to actually feel fulfilled or to move forward or to do the things I want to do. So you start connecting the dots and now you have this pattern of impatience. You know where it comes from. You see it playing out in your life life. And you know that, and you're because the jinkies tell shows you the higher expression, the gift hidden within impatience is patience and not to be oversimplified because the city is timelessness. It's like you can suspend reality. You can reap the benefits of being super present when you actually embody patience in the moments that impatience wants to drive because impatience is always coming from a fear-based place. Why do we feel like we want to rush through things? Why do we feel like we need to like move a million miles per hour that we need to get ahead of someone else or that this needs, this should have been done yesterday? Why? because we fear the consequences that we've made up or that the society has made up that come with those, right? Like, oh, my boss is going to be mad at me. Okay. Well, is it justified? Like, is, or, you know, like, is it actually like worthy of like driving you to burnout or driving you to make an impulsive action? So it's like, this is the whole contemplation and the, the depths that you can go into just by being able to name the patterns that are playing out in your life and connect them to your past experience and your present experience so that you can build and empower yourself to a more fulfilling future. The naming thing is so helpful because it's so true when we can name something and like actually put our our finger on it. And this all goes back to like psychology and science. Like we need to categorize things as humans to know like what's safe and unsafe. So now this is like really clicking of like, okay, yeah, if I can name it and understand it and have a reference point, then it's easier for me to digest and then actually act on it versus like you said of like, okay, I hope one day it just gets better. I hope like, you know, I just don't feel impatient or angry one day. It's like, well, how can I actually master this emotion and like elevate it to a higher frequency. Yes, ex exactly. That's so well said. And that's the, the whole idea is that the jinkies just basically took what we all experience as humans, our evolutionary patterns over time and put names on it. So, you know, in, informed by the, the spiritual Chinese I Ching, but also rooted in this epigenetic understanding that when we name it, when we actually call them out for all these different things that we can embody, the, the full spectrum of human emotions and energy, we can then see it, 
recognize it, name it, and then therefore reclaim our power over it. And that is the ultimate, I think, gift and point of this whole personal evolution that we're all on. Mm, Yeah. This just actually brought up a question that, you know how in human design, there's reflectors and manifesting generators, et cetera. Is there such a thing as like two people having very similar gene key profiles or like a type of gene key group? Mm. So not quite in that sense. That's a really good question. Um, so not so much arch, not, I wouldn't say they're not like archetypal in terms of like that sort of more energetic personality type, which I would say is what, uh, that is in human design, but they're basically, you can look at a couple of things. One, each of these 64 gene keys, um, Richard Rudd has given a name. So they kind of embody their own archetype and like energetic frequency in a way. So if me and you both had gene key 29, um, you know, that archetype is present in both of us, right? That shadow of half-heartedness, that gift of commitment, So we could resonate like from that embodiment with one another, and it probably is manifesting differently in our lives, but there absolutely will be overlap. Or the other archetypal thing that's really cool in your profile is you'll see that you have the different numbers and the spheres that are in your hologenetic profile. And there's like a name for every single sphere. So there's the life's work sphere. There's the evolution sphere. There is the culture sphere. And so everyone's spheres are named like that are named are in the same place. So everyone's life's work is that very topmost sphere and so on and so forth. And those give an archetypal sort of look, I guess you would say, into like basically the context of how to view that gene key. So me and you might have different gene keys in our life's work sphere, but the life's work is all about what your soul came back here to do. Like what, why are you here? What is your like lifelong sort of pattern to really transcend? Because by doing that, you're going to be who you're here to be. So that kind of, there are all these influences and kind of archetypal context to color the conversation, but there isn't like a, Oh, I'm a manifesting generator or I'm a projector kind of conversation in that sense. But before I actually cap myself there, there is one other influence that I do think has more of a archetypal sense, I guess, in the sense like human design does. And that is that each gene key can be expressed in six different ways. So you'll see in your profile, if you pull it up, that for example, Chelsea, yours, you have the 19th gene key in your life's work and it's 0.6 right? Mm -hmm. So other people can have 0.1, 0.2, 0.3, 0.4, 0.5, or 0.6. It goes one through six. And this is just like human design. Every gate of the 64 gates, because the 64 gates in human design are also informed by the Chinese I Ching. So that's that connection there. So the themes of those gates correspond very much to the themes of the 64 gene keys. And all of those gates in human design have a 0.1 or through 0.6 after them in your profile. And that's because each of those gates can be expressed through six different archetypes. So basically each of these gene keys can have a different archetype. So you'll see you have line six, which is the teacher. So you could definitely like resonate and correlate with other people who are like, Oh, you may not be a, a gene key 19, but are you, are you a teacher too? Are you a 0.6? And so you can kind of resonate with that, um, I guess, archetypal energy, if that makes sense. I know human design right now is something that's very, very popular. And when you look at the gene keys, you can start to see how much similarity there is. Like even the actual graph is like, okay, yeah, if I pulled up my human design 
profile where the top looks like, you know, a triangle. It's like, okay, you can kind of see how they mirror each other. So it's definitely helpful. And I'm curious if there's like, again, I know the human brain would pull up a chart like this and start seeing words and try to classify themselves under it. So like, let's use the life's work as an example. And I'm pulling it up and I see my life's work is teacher. And I'm going straight to like, teaching in schools or teaching, um, as a, I don't even know a coach, which makes sense for me now, but let's say I was reading this and I was like, I don't get it. I don't want to be a teacher or a coach. Like, have you read a chart or brought it up to someone that they were like, Hmm, this isn't really landing or it's just because they're looking at it from a, from a very limited lens. Yes. So I will say very infrequently does the information provided not land because again, I think this is the beauty of the system. It's not supposed to be like, Ooh, some sort of like fortune telling or kind of mm, like, yeah. you know, predicty thing. Like not at all. These are, these 64 gene keys are things that exist in all of us. Like they really do. The, the, your profile is meant to ha- show you the forces or the patterns that are likely more prevalent in your life and give you sort of the categories in which they're more prevalent in your life, which basically just gives you guidance to like simplify your exploration. Cause I mean, it could be super overwhelming to just generally speaking, look at all the 64 keys and all of their patterns. So the profile gives you like a map and context to look at it at, if that makes sense. I just wanted to say that because then, so no matter what, like if you're being truthful, transparent, honest with yourself in this journey, you're likely going to find a connection and a resonance with your keys in some sort of way. However, yes, there have definitely been like those initial approaches to it where people want to look at it more like an Enneagram or even an astrology kind of thing, or even human design where there is a little bit more of this like categorization, this like more limited, not, I don't want to say limited, but just this more like insular view. And it requires that support to just kind of bring them out and say, wait a second, like broaden your perspective of what this can mean. Because the whole thing is that it doesn't really matter what I say the line teacher means. I think it's going to help you. I think it'll provide guidance of the intention of it. But like if line six teacher means something different to you and it locks in some sort of awareness or this like insight shift where you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't think about it this way, but what about this? Like that is the DNA expression shifting. Like, you know what I mean? Like that is the energetic shift that you are unlocking within yourself. So this is such like an empowered approach to a system because it's less telling you who you are and it's more giving you the tool to unlock who you are. Does that make sense? Yes. 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 I love what you said. It's not fortune telling. So it's not like you pull it up and you're like, Oh, well, I'm not a teacher. So I guess I'm like not living my life's purpose. I'm not teaching in school. And that's not what this is about. No. And like, you know, just to kind of riff on that teacher thing, I'm also a line six in my life's work as well. And me and you probably look at it differently. So I'd love to even compare, but like my overall, the perception on this line six is similar to the line six in human design, right? It's this role model energy. It's this person who has embodied their wisdom over the course of their life. And usually a little bit later in life. So thirties and beyond, but especially fifties and beyond, they, step into this like deeply embodied wisdom that other people perceive as like a role model, an example um, of how to live out their life in some way. And so they tend to be really great teachers because they've particularly led a life where they've had to live through the ups and downs, spend time inwardly healing and reflecting and kind of 
transcending in order to then have a view of the world, a vision of the world, um, a way of living life that is so deeply embodied and understood by them that they can then give people a process, guidance, advice, coaching, you know, to move forward in their life in a more aligned way. So teacher doesn't mean have to mean you are teaching in front of a room or you are like stepping into a teacher role in some sort of very legit, like or literal way. It can be that later in life, like you are that person that your friends, your family, your kids go to with such an honoring and a reverence for you because you just have this embodied energy of that role model, you know? Yeah. That really resonates. And to your point too, like, a teacher just means so many things. It doesn't mean only in a classroom or as a coach or like speaking on stage to people. Like there's other ways to embody that role. Exactly. Yes. And it's like, you know, just from a Jinky's perspective, he, uh, Richard Red has said like, line six teacher, like you are here to change the way people think. Um, you're here to gradually reshape beliefs to bring about long-term change in the whole society and, and what's going to benefit the collective. So that can be on like a more micro level. That can be on a more macro level. Like you said, it can be just within your own family unit. It can be out in front of thousands of people on stage. It can be in on, you know, doing the service that you feel called to do in a, another country, you know, helping people who uh, in like an underserved population. So it's like, it can just look so many different ways. And it's just about finding your purpose in that. Yeah. And I think that's the fun of it, finding it your way, what works for you. And that feels really good. I'm curious too, like, how do you know, for example, with the gift and your essence, like that could almost feel like the same thing. So how would you know, like, am I living in my city or my gift? Or is that not the right question to ask? Oh no, that is a good question. Um, especially because the way I like to present it is really this like, three-tiered, right? Because you want to like make sense of it. So it is, it seems like very like I move from one to the next to the next. Um, but what I think is helpful to understand is that the gift is seen as, like I said, that seed, you know, or like that, that pathway, like sort of hidden in, in a shadow. And it's sort of seen as the, um, I would almost say like the bridge to then living into your city. But even if you're in the gift state, you're already living a much more high frequency, authentic sense of self, but that's often the bridge to stepping into this higher city. And what I would say is like the difference is sort of the gift still feels like you are working on it. You know, the gift still feels like you're, you're tapping into it. Maybe you're embodying it more and more. Like maybe that's becoming a little bit like more of your default state than the shadow, but it's kind of like that very much like workshop kind of, I guess, inner work sort of that we think of when it comes to personal development of where you're kind of like moving in and out of it a little bit just to continue to learn. Um, and then sort of that progression into the city or that dabbling into the city is once like the gift starts to become more of that embodied regular state rather than your shadow, you'll sense the city is like those glimmers of just, I don't know how you would, Chelsea, I would like love to hear if you've ever like tapped into this and like what it's felt like for you. But for me, it's like those moments where you're like, you just have that peace or that moment of being like, this is what life's about, you know, or just saying like, oh my gosh, this is a moment I wish I could freeze. Or like, I feel so at peace right now. Like that is the embodiment of a higher your higher city, time stands still, 
fear is like a foreign concept. Like it, it may be fleeting, but it's those moments where you're really tapping into that kind of energy. Oh yeah. I think, I think for me, a moment I can think of is when I talk about often on this podcast, when I had this meditation, that was like a very quick one out on a patio where I just felt like the whole time I was in this specific place that I was really taking care of my body, my mind, like just doing so many things for myself, but like for for nourishment, not as punishment. And so when I did that meditation, it really came to me to like start this whole coaching business and course. And this is in the middle of a pandemic while I was nannying, making no money. Like I had no business starting a business in the middle of all that going down. But the way I felt it in my body was like, you can't unfeel it. You know, this wasn't just like a fun little idea that maybe worked out. It was like a calling of like, you need to do this now. And it felt like fire ran through my body. I was like, holy shit, I need to like announce it. I went on live. I, I could just feel what you're talking about. It was just like, you almost like disassociate from like your human life for a second. Cause it's like, this is it. This is a calling. I got to go do it. And it's, yeah, you just can't unsee it or unfeel it. I love that so much for so many reasons. Um, and I think that that, that is the perfect example of it, it's almost like, uh, you feel possessed by this, this really this higher energy, this, this thing that you just, again, you just know is right. Or you just know is the next step or the next place to be, or the place to just be in that moment. And it, it just feels transcendent is really, is really the word, right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. Transcendent. Love that. Yes. Well, I obviously feel like we could talk about this chart all day and I want to make sure we're covering the basics. So what do you feel like is really important for people to know either about reading their chart or about the gene keys in general when they're getting started? Yeah. So I think the most important thing to get started is really, like I said earlier, the gene keys has a roadmap of how to navigate these different spheres, but the place that you begin is with those green spheres that you see, which is a part of your, what's called your activation sequence. And so there are four keys. It starts at the top with your life's work, goes over to the right with your evolution, crosses over the middle to the left to your radiance, and then goes down to your purpose um, sphere. So those different spheres and the gene keys that are within those spheres are the four that you want to start with because they're really like the foundational patterns that you're going to see playing out in your life when it comes to what you're here to do, what you're here to learn, what's going to keep you healthy and your most well self and what your purpose here is, is here, like who you're here to be. And so those are just, I mean, that is enough to, that's like more than enough to get started with because those four themes are going to, you know, take time to just understand, to contemplate, to, um, you know, inform how you're viewing your life and then how you move through it differently. And so what's cool about the the profile that you download is that Richard Red has designed it so that you get at least like a little blurb on what those four keys like mean or what some of the themes are for you. So it can kind of kickstart your contemplation. And then if you're like, cool, I want to go deeper. I want to know more about this. And I want to understand how to better like leverage this knowledge of these shadows, these gifts and these cities. There are different ways to go about that from buying the book of the Gene Keys book and the resources um, that he has both paperback and online and um, resources that I'm in the process of uh, developing and bringing out to really simplify and make it super clear and actionable of how to like understand your keys and what to do with them. Uh, or you can get, you know, you can go deeper and get, get a reading. Um, and 
I won't even call it a reading. I'll say it's a session. Cause again, it's not this like psychic or this astrology, like where people are telling you who you are. This is more about a session where it's like, let's talk about your life and how these fit into that and what to do with it in order to make this really powerful for you. So there are a few different directions to go to explore it, but I would say just get started with that activation sequence, those four green gene keys. <laughs> Love that. And it's something I'm still exploring too. So that whole profile you sent me, like you said, it seems like that's the one that you can get from the website is so helpful. It has so much information. Yeah. So much to get started with that will pique your interest and definitely help you fulfill that little maybe curiosity that you're having of, Ooh, is this for me? Like, is this something that interests me? And then, you know, once you go on the path, it, 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 it doesn't stop. Like there's so many layers. Not only can you contemplate the gene keys, the spheres that they're in, the lines that you have that then give an archetype to your, your whole, the whole thing. But like I said, there's the activation sequence, the red spheres in your profile are part of the Venus sequence, which is all about, well, I should say your activation sequence is all about establishing and rising into your genius. The Venus sequence, which are the red spheres are all about the dynamics that are playing a part in your either empowering or disempowering your partnerships. So your relationships on any level. And then the blue spheres are your pearl sequence, which is all about, you know, what patterns are empowering or disempowering your prosperity, your abundance, your wealth, your, your fulfillment in life. So there are really cool different ways to kind of navigate yourself through these different lenses. Oh my gosh. So fascinating. I feel like this is clearly a conversation that could keep going. And I feel like this is so much already for listeners to take in, but I'm sure someone is going to want a session. So how can people get in touch with you and your work? Absolutely. It's my favorite thing to do to just dive into people's profiles with them right away. And especially for the first time, it's really exciting. So you can find me at chrissypapetti.com and you'll see a tab um, labeled genius where you can find all of my specific resources and offerings related to the gene keys um, that range from, you know, a session to a more deep dive sort of experience. So any of that, I am super excited to offer. And like I said, coming soon are going to be these, I would call them like mini courses, mini trainings and lessons on navigating your keys, but also on each specific key so that people can really get that like targeted education to really take their exploration of the system to the next level. So stay tuned for that. Got it. Oh my gosh. This is so fascinating. Like I said, I feel like I'm just going to be staring at my chart and like unlocking all these different layers because it's so <laughs> much fun to learn about too. So thank you so much for this conversation. And I really hope everybody books a session and finds out their own gene keys. This is amazing. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me on. This has been so much fun and I always love explaining it and, and diving deeper into it um, with anyone and everyone. So thank you for the opportunity to share it. Of course. And anybody listening, if you found value, you have questions, anything, always DM us, check out our websites and tag us in Instagram stories and let us know your favorite part. And with that, I will see you all next week. Woo. A lot of information, huh? I know when I did my chart reading with Christy and even listening back to this podcast episode, 
I learned so much and I definitely want to go back and revisit. I know there's so much information out there around the gene keys. And I think just understanding your profile is the perfect place to start. So like I said, I will link that in the show notes. You can grab yours. And if you want to work with Chrissy, head to her website, chrissypapetti.com. Her Instagram is at chrissypapetti. And of course, I will link everything in the show notes for you to connect with her as well. Don't forget that the summer reboot is out so you can grab that in the show notes and on my website and my podcast coaching is open. So I'm taking on three more private clients before I shut down for the next few months. And if you're waiting for Mic Drop, which is the group podcast course to open up, then stay tuned because that enrollment will be open very, very, very soon. So excited about everything going on here. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts and what you thought of this episode. You can shoot me a DM at Chelsea Rife or at non-expert opinion pod. And if you really loved it, you can leave a review or rating. These are super helpful, not only with visibility, but they're truly like the currency of podcasters. We do podcasts every single week for free. And so truly those ratings and reviews mean the world as well as subscribing and downloading so you can stay up to date with all the information. And just as a reminder, anybody who leaves a review during the month of July is getting entered into a giveaway to win access to Magnetic Manifestation 101. This is one of my most popular courses. It's a three-day course and it really blends science and spirituality to understand manifestation from a different lens. And you know I love practicality. The more I learn about astrology and all my Capricorn and Virgo placements, I'm like, this makes a lot of sense. I love to explain things simply and digestibly, and that's exactly what you're going to find inside Magnetic Manifestation 101. So again, you leave a review, you take a screenshot, send it to info at chelsearife.com or DM me at chelsearife with your screenshot, and then you'll be entered into that giveaway, which I'll pull at the end of July. And if you want to go ahead and just grab the course, it's up on my website. You can find it directly where it says courses, and then you can go ahead and purchase it and have access to it. All right, that's it. That's a wrap for me. I would love to hear from you and I will see you all next week.